0: Welcome to the the podcast. As always, I am Abdullah, and my guest today is Michael Yurchak. How you doing, Michael? I'm
1: well, thank you. How you doing?
0: So, first question is um, is the obvious one, but how did we get here? Like, how did you get your start? What made you want to get into acting and all that fun stuff?
1: Yeah, uh, that's a good one. Let's get right to it. <laughs> um, I uh, so I I was I've always been an actor. I guess you know uh, you know even from childhood. Um, but I was an athlete too. So I was, I was into sports and making people laugh kind of both things at the same time. Um, and, uh, but late in, uh, the theater was always part of my world kind of coming through grade school and so on in high school, um, sports got more serious because just the commitment level was greater. And I steered in that direction until I, I, uh, sustained an injury, uh, my senior year of high school. And, went back to theater to kind of fill the time and discovered that I really loved it. And then I kept doing it through college, uh, doing sketch comedy and, and plays and musicals and things like that. Uh, always working with characters and, and so on. And, um, by the time I finished uh, college, uh, as a theater major, I knew I wanted to at least try it. So I moved out to LA pretty quickly after graduation and, um, started doing more comedy and and, uh, some on-camera commercials and things like that. I had always done voices and character work, uh, but I didn't really know anything about voiceover. And at the time, the voiceover community was pretty small because this was before, I mean, the internet barely existed, right? And so uh, that the the hyper-connectedness of everyone wasn't at the level that it is now. Certainly people weren't recording stuff from home, or if they were, it was like only the very highest echelon of talent that was doing that because it was just so expensive and and uh, technically uh, sort of intimidating. So I didn't really start doing that stuff. Uh, and and it never occurred to me, but I, I did keep getting sort of um, uh, encouragement from people after live shows or on camera work that would be like, you know, you're so good, you're you seem to have so much fun doing character stuff. You should think about voiceover. And uh, I listened to that, but didn't know what much what to do with it uh, until one day I, I, it occurred to me to ask my, my on-camera commercial agent about it. Uh, and again, I was, I was fortunate enough to have found my way into entertainment through a different door or window, uh, which was on-camera commercial work. And uh, I was doing that. And I just, you know, I had a conversation with my agent just said, you know, I, people keep telling me that I should think about voiceover. Is that something that I could do with you guys? And they were like, yeah, you know, for sure. Why don't you take a class? And um, uh, you know, cause it's, it's a pretty specific kind of skill working behind a microphone as opposed to in front of the camera on stage. Uh, so why don't you, you know, check it out, see what happens and uh, and see how you like it. So I did that and I loved it. And my teacher uh, seemed to take a liking to me and I liked her and, um, she helped me sort of put together what, you know, at the time, what what by today's standards would be like the roughest, most ridiculous, uh, demo reel, which was, you know, so everybody has like a a minute to a minute and a half long highlight reel of their, of their work, uh, that, that serves as like a calling card or like a headshot, uh, for people to listen to, to decide whether they want to meet you. And, um, Uh, at the time we sort of cobbled this thing together on old, uh, you know, cassette tapes and put together, (laughs) put together this ridiculous thing with no music, no sound effects, just me reading raw stuff on a bunch of different things. And, uh, she brought it in personally to a couple big agencies, including the one that was representing me on camera. And, um, they offered to take me on and, and I, I thought that was neat. And so I said, great. We, uh, and my very first job that I auditioned for uh, with them was for the voice of KB Toys. Uh, KB Toys was a big uh, uh, toy store chain um, in the uh, the late 90s, early 2000s. Uh, and it had been there long before that. And um, they made a big online push before ultimately going out of business, actually. Um, and uh, But I was the voice of KB Toys for a while. And um, so I, it was my very first audition. I booked it. And uh, that just started my on cam- my uh, my voiceover career, and um, eventually it the working in commercials and uh, and things uh, like that led to some opportunities to, to audition for and then eventually book uh, some animation stuff, which started to get really fun and pretty deep into that. You know, I don't know, maybe five or six years later. Uh, is one I got the opportunity to read for Toby in uh, in Naruto, which you know uh, continues to be sort of like the biggest uh, hit hit show that I've ever been a part of, and uh, and so uh, Toby, and then halfway through that, um, it turned into Obito, which I guess we'll probably, maybe we'll talk about that in a little while. But the, so the short answer is always been an actor. Started uh, doing stage sketch comedy, on camera commercials, a little bit of television and film. It led to voiceover, uh, which also started on the commercial side, and then uh, eventually turned into animation. And so that's my that was my that was my journey.
0: I mean, you you never know where this life is going to take you. So yeah. it's like you started right. out doing acting, and then you're like, you know, hey, maybe you should do voiceover. Okay, then you yeah. do, you start out doing commercials and and promo work, and then slowly but surely, you get to the thing that everyone knows you for.
1: Well, and, you know, and the thing, you know, I mean, these things are related, but they are really very different worlds too, you know, I mean, and that's exactly like you said. So I did a lot of promo stuff. I did a lot of commercial stuff, you know, all that, you know, that kind of work is awesome. And I love it. And it's, um, you know, and it is. You know, you're in the same little little room. This is my booth here. You're in the same little room uh, recording. Uh, I don't know. If, are, are we on camera? Or is this just? Uh, it's just this...
0: audio, so people can't oh, see. Well,
1: <laughs> oh, that's <yeah>. good. <laughs> that's good. In that case, it, does it help if I turn my camera off? Is it, would that make? No, it no.
0: Better? I mean, you, you know, do do whatever you want. But I mean, if you want to turn it off, turn it off. Like it's fine. Okay. No, that's cool. That's cool.
1: <laughs> but anyway, yeah. So I I I just pointed the camera that no one could see uh, towards uh, my my recording. Booth here in my office, and the um, you're in the same booth. You're in front of the same microphone, doing sort of the same thing, but of course it's uh, it's a lot different, and uh, because uh, in one you know you are um, uh, essentially selling, uh, you know, uh, and or uh, communicating, uh, reaching out uh, in a personal way to people trying to theoretically. Uh, assist or make their lives better by giving them just the right uh, brand of product that, uh, that that would help them do the things they need to do to make their lives happier um, or the right show that would make them, uh, you know, that would improve their day and, and make them treat their kids better or, you know, or whatever. Um And in the other, you're playing an imaginary character in imaginary circumstances with imaginary, you know, kinds of uh, attributes and and qualities. And uh, and it's it's a lot more three dimensional to me. Um, It's it's a lot more what I what I really wanted to do. And uh, and um, I love I love it all, to be honest. But um, but there's nothing quite like getting to flex in the way that we do when we play uh, when we play characters in animation stuff, because. It just is you know it's uh, it's all of the acting and then some because there's like the sixth dimension uh, of um of uh you know the the special features that that go along with being uh, someone living in a world where the the traditional rules don't apply right because you know people can fly and throw jutsus and and you know absorb. Uh, power and take on different structures and float into space and do all the different things that that cartoons let you do that uh, that normal human beings can't do I guess unless you're playing in like a Marvel Universe sort of movie but so yeah yeah it's interesting
0: now I said this before in a previous episode but to me being a voice actor is like being the human equivalent of a Swiss Army knife you have to make sure that you're you know you have all the (laughs) blades and all the tools ready So when they call you up that you're like okay I know what I'm yeah. doing.
1: <laughs> that's awesome. That's actually that's a great I love that metaphor is uh is perfect. And it's the um the and the thing is that's cool about that too, right, is that it is true. You know, you do, you're a utility person for sure. And that's really true so much uh on jobs that you wait when you book a job, right? Typically the uh The, the standard SAG after. So SAG after is the, is the union that, that represents most actors. Uh, the big projects that you see on television most often are covered under this union, uh, contract. And as part of the contract, and really, even if it's not a union job, it's, it's, it's probably a similar kind of situation. They, they will use you. For a certain number of extra voices as on top of the voice that you're booked to play. The reason why they do that is because it's cheaper for them. And then also it just makes things a whole lot easier if they had to cast for every single character that every single person on the street and squirrel in the tree and, you know, uh, whatever uh, person riding by on a on a on a bicycle or a tugboat or whatever. it would just take, it would be incredibly time consuming as well. So the SAG rule is that they can use you for up to three extra characters uh, or I'm sorry, they can use you for up to three characters before they have to pay you again. And they'll almost always use you for all of that. So in other words, you know, it may just be like, Hey, get out of here, you know, as an extra person, you know, kind of flying by or, uh, you know, or the, what would you like with the, with the pizza, you know, or whatever, whatever it is, you know, um, And those kinds of extra things are fun and that you're sort of expected to be able to just toss them out there. Um, And so, yeah, that idea of being a utility guy is, is, uh, is pretty important. The thing about that though, too, is that those all come from, you know, there are these archetypical characters that uh, are, are placeholders or uh, plot advancers in any given story that's being told, and so you your your ability to recognize what's the purpose of this character, where have I seen other characters like this character before, and how does that translate into the way I interpret that, um, so that I'm giving a, a stock uh, a stock read, in other words, like uh, the character is is one we've seen before, the tugboat driver, the you know uh, the the snooty. Um, you know, upper crust uh, uh, butler or whatever, you know, these are characters we've seen played a bunch of times before, but this is, and so I I recognize that I know what it sounds like in my head and my version of it is specific to me. So it's like, it is a Swiss army knife and it's my Swiss army knife and your Swiss army knife. You would also have the tugboat driver and the upper crust, you know, snooty, butler and uh, you know, the, the, the preschool father and the, you know, and the pet store owner or whatever, uh, the, the, the nosy neighbor, you'd have the, all those voices too, but you'd have your version of them. And that's, I think what's really fun about all this stuff is that at once, some of the characters we play are totally unique and, and completely different. Some of them are actually quite similar, but they're all specific to us. And I, I, I love that. I think it's, it's fun because it's the the things that make it recognizable and different that makes the, that makes the work sort of unique and, and specialized.
0: Um, a best example of this is you did Legend of Korra and you were one of the first um, bad guys on that show. You played like a little mob boss or something. I don't remember yeah, yeah. specifically, but I remember that because uh, you went with an interesting take because you made him come off as arrogant, cocky, like when, when, when he runs into Korra for the first time, you're like, you're not, you're not the avatar, you know, get, get out of here. you know. Like, yeah, just that, that cocky self-confidence that, you know, probably they didn't have that in mind, but I, I would imagine it was a nice touch.
1: Well, thank you. Yeah. You know, and that's the thing is when we get these auditions, right. What you're doing the, the way the, I think that any, anybody who's done this for a minute, is probably pretty good at it. You know what I mean? And just in terms of, it's not rocket science, you know, um, not to underplay what, what it is that we do, but there is a certain amount of, like, there are a lot of really good people doing this stuff. You know, like there are a lot of people who are excellent at interpreting scripts and delivering serviceable reads that help the story, uh, that they're, that they're being part of. And that's, that's really the job, right? Um, And so then what it comes down to is like, whether I get the job or someone else gets the job, you know, the first thing is, do you recognize what this character, who this character is and what they're supposed to be doing in this moment? Do you understand the world of the show and like, you know, the the influences and the different things that are going to impact the way this character is communicating? Uh, Do you get the circumstances of the, of the scene so that you play it correctly uh, and the tone of things so that you're getting the seriousness or the, or the levity or whatever else there is, uh, to deal with. You get the, uh, you know, the relationship between you and the character you're interacting with, uh, and know enough about that person or creature that, that, uh, that it doesn't sound like you're just speaking words into the air, but you're speaking to another being. Um, those things, that's all, none of that's easy, But there are a lot of people that know how to do those things. And then the way that the the specificity, the nuances of your own personal touch on all of that is what makes the difference between getting the job and not getting the job. And, it it really is a flavor kind of thing. I happened to get in that 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 character's name is Viper, uh and the fact that he had a name made it feel like he was going to be part of the show for longer than he was. He gets killed in the second episode, spoiler alert. So so he didn't last for very long, but um that that character was so fun to play and in my head that was totally clear. There's something about he when they first show him, he's wearing like a like a, a double-breasted suit with a big medallion, he's got like this ridiculous necklace on, and a, like a like a fedora hat. And to me, he looked like an arrogant son of a bitch, you know. <laughs> you know, and so I was like, you know, this is, you know, and his his, his lines is well, 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 you know, he says that I think twice in the first episode, and it's you know that that kind of thing is like all right that that particular character or that particular style to me speaks of arrogance and so I'm going that direction. And that was just my spin on it and they dug it. And so uh yeah, then you know I got it. And they, they um when you get them, it's really fun because on that show, uh, that's a good example of uh the rare treat that we were all um that's a show that used to anyway, record with all of us together in the studio. Very often uh, shows are recorded in isolation. In other words, like I go in and record my stuff by myself, and then you go in and record your stuff by yourself. And then an editor splices them together. So it feels like we're in the room together. Um, that's because of convenience. And then, you know, at this point, it also, I'm sure has to do with COVID and things like that. But, uh, when we did Cora, the, um, that was a particular that was a show where we all were in the room together so on the day on my first day of working it was we had a big table read and it was the it was the pilot episode was the opening episode of the series so everyone the whole cast was there we were all in a conference room this really cool conference room in nickelodeon um and we did uh we we they introduced each of us to one another, and they pl- and then for those of us who were new, because some of them had already been there from Airbender. Um, for those of us who were new, they played our audition tape over the big speakers in the room to introduce us to the rest of the room, and it was super cool because the rest of the room then heard your work and met you, so they knew why you were there and they knew that they knew what you had done to. To deserve it. And it was just a really cool way to introduce us. So, you know, they played the thing and then the, you know, the cast, and these are, you know, fairly big VO people are, we're like, oh yeah, 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 yeah. You, you know, you meet everybody. And then we did a big table read of the, of the episode together. And it was so, that was, that was a, actually a really great show to be part of. Um And again, it, there, there are other stories similar to that, but that was a really specific kind of, and, and special, uh, uh, job actually. Um, and, um, and a fun, really fun one to get to do. So, yeah, thanks for, thanks for bringing that one up.
0: I mean, you say he got killed off, but they brought him back for the video game. So there you go. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. That's right. And he has a better death in the, I can't remember actually, to be honest with you, maybe you remember the, the, I mean, he ends up getting, he gets killed in the, in the, uh, motorboat race or like a, a motorboat chase. Um, And I, I don't remember if that's in the video game or not, but that it's, it's an awesome, like little scene. Um, but yeah, exactly. When I got the call to do the game, I was like, oh yes. Awesome. I didn't know whether he'd make it, but, uh, yeah, he was, he's back. So, and you know, again, uh, Viper, It, it felt like a bigger deal. It's such a cool name. I love the fact that I played a character named Viper. (laughs) <laughs>
0: you know. I mean, you look at the read, and you're like, "Oh, it's Avatar." Oh, Viper. He's probably going to be one of the recurring villains. No, yeah, he's just yeah, a yeah. jobber.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's what I was hoping for. But you know,
0: that's the way it goes. <laughs> um, and and you know, well, you know, let's just get right to it. Um, Toby, how did he come about? Uh,
1: so yes, uh, uh Toby. The thing with uh, you know, so I had wanted to be doing more animation stuff. Um, and uh, I was, you know, it's a, it was again at the time, especially, but now, now still, it, it was a very closed world getting into animation specifically. It was a real, you know, tough, it's a tough nut to crack because um, there were, a, a, you know, a small handful of people doing it a lot and then a lot of people wanting to do it at all. And so, uh, getting in was, it was a tough thing, but, um, I knew that, uh, a particular studio handled a lot of anime and dubbing work. And so I basically reached out to them. Uh, I sent them my demos and a letter and, you know, uh, and, uh, you know, just said, listen, I'm a, local talent here in la i've been working a lot um i've got a lot of experience in front of the microphone uh and i i've got character chops you know and and uh and i've been doing this for a while and i i really think i could make a mark if you know given the chance um and uh it i just love you to keep me in mind if something comes up and you know that that kind of thing doesn't always work it's a, it's a long shot for sure. But um, for whatever reason, the good people at, at, uh, at the studio, the studio is called Studiopolis and um, they, uh, this guy, Jamie Simone, who is the, uh, the sort of the, was the the owner and and was probably more hands-on even at the time, um, uh, reached back out to me very shortly after the, the, the note I sent and was like, look, we're, we're casting for this, for this thing, why don't you come in and, and give us a read? Um, and so I went in and read. And the thing is about it, I didn't know. Because remember, again, this is really before – it was before the internet was functioning in the way that it does now where you can watch, you can find stuff so easily. I'm sure some people could, but it wasn't quite as like common for people to be able to be savvy about combing through internet files and finding clips and, and episodes and things like that of this show, Naruto, which didn't really play yet on an, very many American platforms. Cable wasn't as big. Internet wasn't as big. So I knew nothing about the show. I knew very little about anime at all because at the time, again, it really wasn't very popular. Now we're going back to like maybe 2007, maybe 2008. Um, so it's like this is a long time ago. Uh, and I know it, it had its place, but it was not mainstream to the point that it is now. And uh, I – this character, like, you know, they play you some of the Japanese version of it. And they show the some clips – And obviously you've got a little bit of a, it's not even really a script. It's like isolated lines that you sort of can see. And, you know, I looked at all of that and, uh, and I, you know, he seemed like this kind of funny, kind of silly clownish character. And so I just started doing this sort of thing where all of a sudden he was this guy. And uh, uh, again, it was like, they were like, huh, that's, that's, that's good. Do it again. Let's try this. Let's try that. Let's try this. Let's try that. And uh, I did it a bunch. We looked at it on, you know, we connected it to, uh, you know, some of the picture, right? So you do the recording and then they, they drop it into the existing episode to see how it fits. And it worked pretty well. And uh, there's another element to those auditions where you've got to be able to match the timing of the movement of the mouth. It's called matching the flaps. So you got to be able to do that. And you got to be able to sort of read the thing quickly, and you've got to be able to, you know, size up what's happening based on what you see on the screen. So all of that stuff happens. That's in the dub, um, and those are those are all like sort of little specialty skills that you develop. I hadn't really done them very much before that job, but I bluffed my way through it, and I guess it worked because I got the gig, and uh, and so then uh, and then uh, you know I played him uh, you know, on and off for the better part of, you know, another eight years or more, which is crazy. Uh, and the thing about that though, is that with anime and with, with a show like Naruto, uh, you know, there are so many episodes and they come in batches of like 15 or 20, but there are like 900 of them. So the thing about that is, or 800 or something, um, but so the thing about that is that, you know, you'll do a couple episodes and you'll work maybe two or three days over the course of a month. And then you don't hear from them again for months at a time, maybe even a year or more at a time, um, because Toby's not in a bunch of those episodes that, that are, after you know, before or during or, or after whatever thing is happening. So I never had a sense for what the heck was going on. I never had a sense for whether my whether the Toby character was a big part of the show or a small part of the show. I never had a sense of whether the show itself was a big deal or not a big deal. I didn't know anything about it until way later, like way later. Uh, and now we're like fast forward to like, you know, I don't know, 2016 or 2015 or something like that. Um, maybe even a, a little bit before that. Uh, and I'm picking my son up from a play date at his buddy's house. And when I go in to get him, the kid's brother had a shrine to Naruto and in the shrine was a Toby doll. And I was like, Hey, I play that character. And the kid couldn't believe it. And then his parents came, you know, I was talking to his parents and they couldn't, believe, they knew the show too. Somehow they would have been watching the show with the kid. They couldn't believe it. Um, and then that same year, this is just coincidence, but that same year, somebody came to my house for Halloween dressed as Toby. And, uh, and I was like, I play that guy, you know? And, uh, I suddenly started realizing, well, somebody's watching this show, somebody, you know, and, uh, and so then I started to realize that it was a, that it was a little bit bigger of a deal than I, than I had originally thought. So it was a fun and crazy kind of ride, um, uh, to play Toby as long as I got to, and then the Toby character, of course, is ultimately reve- ultimately reveals that he is Obito under the mask all along. And when that happened, um, it actually we did it in a video game first before the sh- the episodes caught up. Right, so the episodes are being rolled out, you know, a little bit at a time. Vide- the video games give like the full story. Uh, like the longer story and, and the movies too. So I, I was doing the recording for, I think it was a video game. It might've been a movie, but I, one or the other of them. And the whole story was revealed and Toby takes the mask off and we realize Toby's gone now. And I'm sitting there, we're, we were taking a break and I'm reading ahead and I see it happen And I think to myself, oh, I'm done. Like, this is the end of my run here. Uh, Today's my last day, basically. And I was bummed out, you know, because I was like, that's the end of the, that's the end of this character. I've been playing it for, you know, years at that point. And they didn't tell me, you know, and, and, you know, not because they were cold or mean or anything like that. It just like, they just don't do that. So I'm sitting there to myself and the next character is Obito. And it's clear that that's the same character. and, he was this darker guy and you know, there came this thing where I just started to do this, this sound, which is not so different by the way, than Viper. Uh, but, uh, you know, and I was just sort of talking, speaking the lines as, uh, as Obito. And, um, that engineer who had been taking a break came back in and was like, Hey, was that you? And I was like, yeah. And he's like, could you maintain that voice actually? And I was like, yeah, you know, I could, I could do it all day. And, uh, and he was like, "Huh, you know what? Do uh, let's do a couple. Let's do a couple lines and, and see what happens." So, I did a bunch of lines, uh, and uh, they recorded them and sent them off to the producers uh, elsewhere, uh, it, whether it was in Japan or somewhere else. Uh, and um, we got word back pretty quickly. You know, yeah, have him do it because you know the other the other half of Obito of of, of uh, Toby is played by Neil Kaplan, Um, he's that dark Toby voice and Madara. And so then the question was, do we make the Obito voice also Madara, which they couldn't do because that would be too confusing for fans because they are different characters, but it needed to be a deep, dark voice. And they didn't know that I could do that, but I did it in the the room. And so then they, they were like, actually, if you can do that, you can have that part. I said, sure. And so then I got then I extended my <laughs> extended my life by another you know four years or something after that, which is you know sort of amazing.
0: No, and I'm kind of glad that they you know eventually went with you because you know it's obviously the same person, so it has to be. Like I, I don't think it could have worked if if they got someone else to do it. I think it would have it would have cheapened it. I think because it's like yeah, I agree. It's like ah, oh, you know, uh, we're supposed to be playing the same character, but no, but. But I mean, I like what they did with with the misdirection with Neil, because you know his take was more you know dark, and they don't yeah. you know when when he was doing it. I remember when he was doing it in the game, they don't refer to his character as Toby; they, he's just Masked Man or whatever. And yeah. you know that was like the whole misdirection thing, where it's like, is he is he Toby? Is he someone else? You know, it's it's. Yeah. And and I thought that was really interesting, but then it turned out to be Obito in the end. And I know this is gonna sound like me blowing smoke out my ass, but, I, and I'm not even that big of a Naruto fan, but your performance as Obito is one of the, one of those performances I always look back to and say, like, that is, you know, this is like a prime example of how you play a sympathetic villain, because, holy shit, man.
1: <laughs> oh, that is, that is so nice, man. I, I, I can't tell you how much that means to me. It's a, it's a, uh you know, people feel so strongly about this show and they should, you know, it's a big show and it's, it's the, the subject matter and the themes and the, the sort of like the epic nature of the whole beast is, is so giant and people really do care so much about it. And again, because I didn't know that coming in and I'm glad I didn't, because if I had, I probably would have been intimidated, but it, I know how much people care about it. And so, to know, uh, you know that that when, when I when when people say kind things about my performance, it it really does touch me because it's um you know beyond just the fact that like everybody likes a pat on the back, I do feel like it's a little bit of a responsibility, and I I, I really you know I really appreciate that a lot. So thank you.
0: Because um, while I was doing research for this episode. I re-listened to the to his monologue of the "I have no heart" monologue, and yeah. not a single word did not sound un- un- unbelievable in that. Like no. I totally believed, you know what you were saying, and. And you know, pardon the pun. It is very heartbreaking. It is a very heartbreaking yeah. monologue. Yeah, no, the, Which and by the but it's like, how do you not
1: use the pun? The whole thing is is like, look at me. There's nothing in my heart. I don't feel pain any longer. You know, like. There's nothing in my heart, like literally, (laughs) you know, like there's, I mean, there's a hole in my heart where my heart used to be. There's a hole, you know, it's like, it actually is true. And it's that the funny thing is that it's like the metaphor is so on the nose that it's like, it almost seemed like it was going to be comical, but then somehow it wasn't. And I think the way it becomes that, you know, the way it turns out that it isn't is like, it's like, it's too sincere. It's too authentic to be funny. And that is the, uh, that's the trick of that kind of a scene is like, you got to believe the hell out of it because it's so outlandish. He literally has a hole in his chest where his heart used to be that you can see through. And, and then he's saying this line, look at me, there's nothing in my heart. And it's like, that is the line literal or is it metaphoric is the whole real or is it imaginary? Is this, you know, is this, you know, happening on this plane of the universe or in some sort of alternate plane? Uh, All of those things are kind of playing out in real time. And that's the magic of that show. But it's also uh, like, as an actor, it, it was just like super fun to play because it's like, you know, oh, this is one of those moments where um, there's so much drama happening. I just need to be as honest as I can be and then let the let the the audience sort of interpret as they will. And that's I feel like that's what I did is just uh, is just sort of try to read the lines without judgment as to whether or not they made much sense or whether or not they were melodramatic or not. Cause that's the other way this, you know, this kind of stuff goes at that stage of this show, you know, it's a little, it's almost soap opera y right? There's like, there's a lot of big issues being unpacked and sort of uh, examined and That can tend toward melodrama, which is not like everybody, nobody loves melodrama, right? It it starts to become kind of a joke. But somehow, I really do feel like the, you know, the goal was to not let it get there. And, and I, I, I'd like to think we did it, Not and I won't even take credit for that in terms of my own performance, but just in terms of everybody, like what was happening was it was, we weren't supposed to wink at it. I think that's the, that's a temptation where, where you're dealing with giant things like that as an actor, often there's a temptation to sort of like wink, wink, uh, you know, like turn to camera almost. Like if you were on camera, you'd sort of break the fourth wall and reach out like what, you know, like like almost uh, tipping your hat to the fact that this is like a little bit of a, of a, of a, of a reach. And we never did that. And I just, I, I dug it too. And it was super, once you got into that rhythm of like, okay, we're just going to be serious about this. It was, it was super fun to play all that stuff. And that, that from there to the end of the, of the, uh, of the series, uh, the moment you're talking about all the way to the end, every bit of the stuff that Obito had to do was like, I would have these like page long speeches about the nature of humankind and goodness and badness and the, you know, the rights of of human souls and all this stuff. And it was just like, it was so fun to get to do all that stuff. It's like Shakespearean, you know, it was big and really, really fun to do. Um, and, you know, I'd like to think, I'd like to think I, I did a good enough job that nobody got, you know, nobody threw up or got, got, you know, got angry about it. Uh, but uh, and so, you know, again, as I say, uh, getting a little bit of uh, positive feedback means it means the world to me. So thank you.
0: No, I mean, and I've and I've watched videos on YouTube, and even the people who, you know, fell off of Naruto or like, you know, uh, it it stopped being good around this point still love Obito's arc because he was one of those characters that was just so well-written. You're like, yeah, the show might not be as good as it once was, but man, you know, this is some quality writing.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's cool. Yeah. That's, that's cool. That's neat to know too. I didn't, I, I didn't know that I'm not as I uh, I, I can't claim to be as big a fan as, as, uh, as, you know, most, most folks who who really care about the show seem to be. Uh, i try I try to kind of keep my nose out of all the comments and stuff like that just because I also know myself- know myself and, and as much as i've developed a thick skin over the years in terms of like not getting rolls and 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 all that kind of stuff it always hurts to read stuff you know there's some people who are so dedicated to the subs for example as opposed to the dubs that uh it's you know like the the you know the you know dub dub performances suck and all this kind of stuff, and like I get it it's t- like i and and actually i I admire the dedication, you know, <laughs> so, uh, you know, it's, I, I, try to stay out of that stuff, but, uh, um, you know, yeah, I'm, I'm glad to know that some folks are digging or digging what I did.
0: No, I mean, because I think that, you know, like you said, it's, it's still, um, a hot topic, a hot topic issue of, you know, subbers versus dubbers. And I'm, I'm, a, I'm of the opinion that both are valid, um, ways to watch anime like I'm not gonna shit on someone who who prefers the subs or over or someone who prefers the dubs over the subs. Yeah, it's fine. They're both valid ways to watch the show. You know, at the end of the day, they're still the same show. <laughs> you know, like yeah. it's it's not <laughs> like there's nothing different about them. You're just watching it in an, in another language. Yeah, yeah, sure. Some lines might be different, but they do that because they need to localize it to match the to match the lip flaps.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. No, that's uh that's uh i'm glad i'm glad that's how i feel about it too uh but i do but yeah it's uh it, it's um you know it it's always surprising to me that there there is that debate i think that it's like you know i think that people just sort of like ha- taking a big opinion and making a big making a big statement you know it's it's fun to you know ho- uh, go whole hog as a uh, as a sub fan and shit on, as you say, shit on the dub fans, or vice versa, because um, it's like you know. Then you are standing for something, and that feels exciting, and 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 so on. I think that it's just human nature to kind of want to have a skin in the game like that. Um, but uh, again, you know, as uh, as part of that stuff, it's um, it's always like people feel so strongly about it that they deserve to feel that way, and. I don't want to let my own sort of feelings or ego get um, bruised or, or, or hurt um, uh, in the, in the, you know, in the fall as a result of the fallout of it, because they deserve their big, their, it's their show, you know, it's their show. They get to be fans of it exactly how they want to be. And that's okay. You know, and then, and uh, my role in it, I was lucky to have the job and I'm grateful for the, for having had that opportunity and and uh the experience and it taught me so much and and it continues to give back. I mean, I get to be in this cool podcast, I get to go to cons, you know. That's a whole new world for me by the way. That the um I've been doing uh I just started doing cons uh since uh, in January of this year of 2022. So, um I've done a couple and and uh, about to go do a couple more and uh, I think I've got three or four more set up for this, for, uh, this year so far. And, um, and, uh, it, that's been really exciting and fun. And, you know, I owe all of that to the fact that people care at all. And, and so who, who am I to say how they care, you know, if they care at all, it's because they love the show and I'm just part of the show. It's a much, much bigger beast, certainly than I am. So, uh, I'm psyched just to be, just to be at the party.
0: Yeah, no, it's – um, and another thing that I found interesting about Toby is that he's one of those characters that you cannot discuss without spoiling his entire backstory because, it's like, yeah, yeah you know, there are, like, two parts of his life, but, you know, people want to talk about Obito, but Obito's identity is a spoiler, so it's like – Right. I think we're at that point where it's just like, yeah, everyone knows Luke Skywalker's dad is Darth Vader. It's fine. Right. <laughs> <laughs> That's right.
1: It's funny. That's the same meta I use that I use that comparison all the time where it's just like it's real hard to explain it unless I just kind of give this big thing away. Uh and so, you know, you got to if you've been watching this at this point, you know, the show's been out for so long. What's funny though or what, and what is awesome is that there is be, and I don't know my son tells me this is not the case but so you know the Naruto Naruto not Shippuden but the original Naruto series was just re-released on Netflix right it was just that that was uh, in like uh, 2020 or sorry 2021 um and so and I credited that as being the start of like a whole new fan base of younger people watching the show like kids watching the show i don't know if that's the case or not because he says not but whatever because he's saying that that uh anime in general has just kind of blossomed and and become just you know sort of super pop culturey um but so my son who's 13 and his buddies are all big naruto fans and they were they were he was one of the last guys to jump on the bandwagon because he knew about naruto because of me but was like i think he didn't watch it because of me because he was like yeah my dad's in that show how good can it be And and but then his his friends started loving the show so he started watching the show and loving the show and now they are all super psyched about the show and uh And, you know, they're just totally into it. And that's kind of a neat thing, too, is that like um, there are fans at cons who are, you know, as young as you as you can be for your parents to let you watch that kind of show, which is, you know, surprisingly young, actually, like, you know, like anything from like eight years old to, you know, older people, you know, in their 50s uh, who have known the show for however long it's been out because they were just like early anime fans, and then everything in between. And it's just sort of it's totally amazing that there is that wide a spread of people who care about anime in general and specifically uh, Naruto. Um, and it's awesome. It's like it's super fun. The cons are, are I didn't know how much fun they were going to be, um, and they really are. It, it really is like super uh, exciting and satisfying and uh fun to sort of meet all the people who care about the show and that are you know they're psyched to meet me and they're psyched to chat about the show and they're psyched to you know have me sign whatever and and all of that but it's 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 I'm just sort of always amazed by um you know just how mu- how many different kinds of people ages and 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 everything are are uh are are into it and and um it's just a fun thing that kind of links all these people together it's cool
0: and um how was your first con experience
1: it was really fun it was uh this was in january uh this past year uh was uh, was the first one it was anime past anime con pasadena um, I live in Pasadena. So it was like a, it was a trial run with a, my my booking agent uh, is, is called Celeb Works and uh, Celeb Works um, had been they actually asked if I was interested in in working with them right as COVID started and then COVID started and everything went away. And so then we didn't talk for, you know, almost two years and um, then creeping into 2022. They said, uh, reached out out of nowhere. Hey, do you want to go to Anime Con Pasadena? I live there. How how bad can it be? It's it's less than a mile from my house. Yes, I do. <laughs> okay, so uh, I go, and uh, it was awesome. It was just awesome. You know, I had my favorite thing in the world was it was my very first con. My like early in the day, somebody came up and was like, "I've got the I'm, I bet I've got the craziest." request you're gonna get all day and I was like what's that and he was like I want you to sign my leg and then I'm gonna go get it tattooed on me uh later this afternoon and I was like um are we sure this is the best idea and he was like I've never had a better idea in my life bro I was like all right man so I signed his leg and then and we you know, got it all on video. And then later on in the day, he sent a video back uh, of him at a tattoo parlor with someone burning it into his leg. And that was another guy later on in the same day, did the same thing unrelated, did the same exact thing. And it was just this. I mean, it was (laughs) totally surreal and bizarre. And not that that is something I would ever wish for, but, but was something that I also never could have expected and was just like such a crazy kick. And it was just fun, man. It was, you know, it was like all the, the cosplayers and the, and uh, the other shows. I got to see a bunch of other people there. uh, a guy named Max Middleman, uh, who is a, uh, another big, uh, anime and animation, uh, actor, uh, was an old student of mine. I do, I do a fair amount of teaching and, uh, he was an old acting student of mine and he has become really successful. And it was the first time I had seen him since we were in class together. And, um, I, you know, sort of knew his career was taking off cause I'm in the world, but also I see him on social media and so on. And, um, and, uh, I got to reconnect with him and another guy, Kellen Goff, who is also a huge anime guy now. Uh, he was another student of mine and, um, again like I'm not claiming credit for their success I just I knew them both they're young guys, and I knew them both as young young people just getting into the business um and I taught them both in in a basic acting class uh two different versions of the class but uh but uh, both of them in different at different times and they both are are enjoying so much success and popularity and we were they both happened to be at anime con Pasadena and so it was just like this really cool thing. It was also the first time I'd ever met Neil Kaplan. Um, so I got to see him uh, and reconnected with uh, my really good friend, a uh, guy I'd been friends with for a long time, because we had the same a- agent, um, uh, Brian Donovan, who plays uh, 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 Rock Lee in uh, in Naruto. Uh, so getting to, getting to uh, and actually my table was right next to him. So that was really fun to, you know, sort of get to be right next door to him. And so... We, you know, it was, it was fun from a social level, like, you know, with other, other folks from the VO world. And then from, uh, in the, fa- on the fan level, it was also just like incredible to be, to be part of that and to get to give back and to, you know, to meet some folks and, you know, shake some hands and give some hugs and, you know, uh, and, and all the rest of it. So. You know, it was awesome. Really, really fun. I love how you. you,
0: I love how you say like you're not taking credit. Like (laughs) because I'm like because if he's gonna be like, oh, before I discovered them, they were nothing.
1: (laughs) No, no, no. no. Yeah, not at all. Not at all. (laughs) Uh, No, but but the the uh, you know they're they're so sweet though. Of course they're like. uh, you know, I the that's when I started feeling like I might want to do it, or I could do it, or you know, I I, I should do it, and you know, so it was. Uh, uh, they are very very generous and kind about the way they talk about the the class. Anyway,
0: no, I I mean I, I think you were supposed you were uh, you were going to ask me if I if I go to conventions and I've been to yeah, a yeah did you go of, to cons yeah I've been to cons I was um we had a con um a month ago and I met uh Bryce Pappenbrook and he's a very sweet dude
1: oh great that's awesome that <laughs> uh, bryce just reached out to me actually that's funny that's uh he um uh he had me do a little a little thing for some uh, a friend of his for something uh which was which was nice
0: no very very sweet guy very down to earth and um like no ego like no ego like you talk to him and you're like you know hey you know what do you want me to sign you know and and he was my he was one of my, my favorite guests because he brought his own prints Thank you for that because I, you know, I'm not going to run around trying to find something for you to sign because I'm I'm not like really into, you know, I'm not that huge into a lot of shows he's been on. So it's like I I can't I can't try to justify buying like a Demon Slayer Funko Pop because I'm not into that show. (laughs)
1: <laughs> right, right, right. I got it. I got
0: it. So I just showed up, I was I think I was the only guy who showed up with like a silver the hedgehog Funko Pop and I'm like I told him like, um, how much you wanna bet I'm the only person who has ever gotten you to sign a, a Funko Pop of Silver this week uh, this weekend and he's like, Yeah, here you
1: are <laughs> <laughs> The Funko Pops, man, that's a whole world too, that is like I'm just discovering. Essentially, if, if you've got, if you, play, if you ever play a character that has a Funko, you, you get invited to cons because that's, that's, that's like the, it, that feels like 80% of what we do. I rare like, I, I mostly sign pops. Um And the, and they are, you know, the Toby pop is, is the, the, it was super popular. And, and so, you know, anybody who has one of those and wants to get it signed, they all come to the, to the cons. And then, you know, that's, that's, I would say, honestly, that's like 80% of the, of the, the folks that I, that I, that I do. So the fact, I mean, you, it may have been a, a a rare one for you, but, uh, but that's like, that's the ticket in is, is really, is, is really that. Cause it might've been, it must've been because the, the Toby pop didn't come out until, uh, you know, I don't actually, I I don't know the year it came out, but I wasn't ever invited to anything. I didn't understand how cons worked, um, you know, prior to this year. And so, but I was never part of that scene. I didn't do like, I had been on the show for years and the show had been on for years um, uh, before I was ever asked to do anything. And uh, maybe it's because, the obito character needed to emerge as something in order for the toby character to have been appreciated but somehow i just you know no one ever invited and and i guess you know and i didn't know enough to invite myself you know i think that's the thing is there there's a cross the the it was book early on um, in the con game most people uh organized themselves getting to and from and working out their own deals with different cons and so on. Um, and it's only, but the, since uh, I don't know what, again, like I, I, it's hard for me to put a, put a number on or a date on this, but now most people have booking agents or agents that are spe- managers who, who specialize in booking people into the conventions. And those Uh, the, the, that stuff is like those people now specialize in it. So I don't do anything on my own now. I don't do anything for myself. Um, but before everybody did almost everything for themselves. And so, uh, you know, I only found out about this stuff, uh, late in the game and, and, um, you know, that's a whole other world too. It's just like, I mean, it's, it's a, it's a thing.
0: Because it doesn't occur to you, like when you're in the booth recording for these things, it doesn't occur to you that these things have fan bases and there are people who are very passionate about these things. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. no, exactly. I mean, that's what I'm telling you is that like I didn't have any idea that this show was popular and and, and, or that it like or even that my character was registering with anybody because you go in and you do five, six, 10, 50, however many lines, but it's in isolation. You don't read the whole episode because you, that's not how, I, that's not how dubbing works. You don't, I don't get a full script. I get a spreadsheet with my lines on it. Basically. That's a little bit of a hype, of, of an exaggeration, but it's, it's basically that. You never sit down and read the thing from beginning to end. So the story itself is not clear to me ever while I'm doing it. And what is clear are these ten second or, you know, four second or one second moments that I am dramatizing, you know, based on uh, watching a short little clip of the Japanese performance, reading the one or two lines or words or sounds that the character is making uh, through the interpretation of a translator, and then matching that sound to the picture. And you do that. It's very mechanical, actually. You know, there is performance involved, but it's like super isolated. And so I don't know at all what's happening, let alone what the impact on the on the full story arc is, let alone what the impact on the culture that watches the show is. And so it's also removed that getting feedback for it, in this case, years later, You know, I mean, I'm not kidding around. I started doing this thing like 15 years ago. We stopped recording. We recorded the last words of this stuff was recorded probably in 2020. And even that was for a video game. We stopped doing episodes, you know, probably two years before that. So, you know, we haven't done this stuff forever. And just this year, I am getting invited to cons all the time. I'm doing podcasts like this. And I've done a bunch of these, you know, uh, fans are coming out of everywhere. My son is suddenly my big, you know, a, a big fan of mine, which is incredibly sweet and fun to to, to, to have. As if you know, if, if I highly recommend it. <laughs> you know, but like all this stuff is happening in in you know, like after so far after the time that we did it, that it's like incredibly. I feel so. Um, I don't know. I just feel like in awe. I'm I'm just kind of like blown away by the whole thing
0: um and you mentioned the Toby Funko's cuz I, I remember seeing a lot of those when i was at the con you know a month ago and i thought to myself he has to have signed one of these at some point right like <laughs> he has to cuz cause, yeah, yeah, cause, yeah. cause there are a lot of these and like he has to have been at a convention and i'm pretty sure you can find one that's signed on eBay right <laughs>
1: Yeah, no. They, I mean, honestly, that that for me, I, I, and maybe I'm not. Maybe maybe that's not the, the way it is for everybody. But I, I really do. I think that's mostly what I do. I send hundreds of them all the time.
0: And um, here's a funny story. And I swear this is not. Uh, this is not. I did not plan this, but this is entirely coincidental. While I was at the same con, I was like, you know, walked into this like the, this little booth that you know was a Funko booth. I was selling like all these Funko pops, these rare Funko pops. And I saw this um, this custom Obito one. Mm. And it was really nice. It was like this custom, you know, custom box, custom design. He had the the white mask and um, you know the the purple trench coat and it looked really nice and I'm like is this an official um, is this an official product? And then I looked at it it's like no, it's a custom. And you know, I, I looked at the price and it was like 150 the DNRs and I'm like, I'm not paying that much for that. <laughs> <laughs> right.
1: Yeah, they the uh those custom ones are awesome. I I've seen a couple of those too. Um there is rumor, there's a rumor that there's an OB, like an official Obi coming out from Funko and I don't know when and I don't know what because I've heard that it would be the uh, the fully unmasked Toby uh, uh, Obito, and I've heard also that maybe it would be like the sage sage Obito, you know the uh, the the green version of him where he's got horns coming out of his back and stuff right before he dies. Um, uh, either one of which I think would be super cool, but um, I, I don't know uh, I don't know if that's even true, and if it is true, I don't know when it would happen. But um, that's the rumor, and I hope it happens because uh, the Toby Funko is discontinued. It's still out there and they're in stores, but they're not, I think they're not making any new ones. They've sort of discontinued production of them. And so, um, so, you know, as I say, that's sort of your invitation to the cons is whether you've got a Funko. And so I want to keep going. So uh, I'm hoping that the Obito one comes out uh, at, you know, at the tail end of the Toby run uh, so that I can continue my my little uh, guest appearance uh tour.
0: <laughs> I mean, that's how they get you. Like, it's like, oh, yeah. I'll buy it later. What do you mean it's discontinued? What do you mean it's it's like a hundred something dollars on eBay?
1: Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Which doesn't, you know. And by the way, that none of that money ever comes to me. So don't don't get mad at me for the pricing. I know it's tra- I know it's crazy.
0: I mean, you can still find come, them cheap here, but yeah, like, I don't yeah, know how long that's going to last. So, if right, you haven't exactly, picked one up, saying. pick one
1: up now. <laughs> get one now. That's right. That's what I was going to say. I, mean, I think you can get them for like eight bucks or fifteen bucks or You know, on Amazon. You know.
0: Um. Anyway, um. Uh, b- before we wrap this up, um, can you give us an update on what you're currently working on, and where can people find you online?
1: Yeah. Um. So uh, right now I am. Doing, I'm I'm actually developing a couple of things which uh which are a little bit on the QT, so I can't really say much about them. But I'm I am uh, I'm a writer also, and so I'm I'm working on two different shows that uh, that are sort of in development and may or may not end up getting uh, uh, produced. But uh, w- there's enough interest that we that we're kind of putting together packages and so on. Um, and so that's an exciting thing for me, which is kind of new. Um, But I've also been doing this show called Gingy, which is um, a slightly younger audience show, a younger audience based show. um, And it's a it's a really fun uh, uh, show that is currently only available on um, uh, it's a it's actually a Russian based production company, uh, the good Russian, though. Uh, uh, they are, they're very, um, uh, sort of Western and Ukrainian friendly, uh, Russian force <laughs> or Russian production company. And, um, they almost went under of course, uh, as, as the war has been going on. Um, but I just, I just heard from them again and they're, they're really trying to put this show out. They feel like it's a, a good thing for kids and a nice way to, to help, um, Help sort of lighten the lives of some of the some of the the youngsters out there who need it, and um, I agree. And uh, hopefully that will be available on an, on a, a platform sort of worldwide soon. Um, and to find me, the best way to do it, it um, my uh, my TikTok is uh, sort of the most popular. That that is uh, at Toby Toe Voice, T O B I T O Voice, Toby Toe Voice. Uh, and my Instagram is at Michael Yurchak, all one word: M I C H A E L Y U R C H A K. And uh, followers really help; they really do. And I, you know, I the not to not to shill for myself here, but the um, the 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 crowd based stuff, crowd sourced stuff, uh, support and and um, and care really goes a long way these days as far as casting and, uh, invitations and, uh, and all of that. And so I, as I, I've been learning more and more about this stuff, I realize you know, just that, that it's an important part of what we do. It didn't used to be, I'm kind of, I'm an old guy, you know, I've been doing this for a while. And, uh, um, it is, uh, I'm, I'm sort of slowly, but surely getting, getting used to how to do this stuff and uh and i'm grateful for the opportunity to need to do this stuff but uh as i as i'm getting into it uh i sure would love the company so if you friend me and reach out to me i try to answer just about everything i get in terms of comments and hellos um and uh i'd love to see you so toby toe voice on tiktok and uh and at michael your check on insta would be awesome
0: also, one final question. Uh, are you ever going to come back as Jet the Hawk, or is that done?
1: Oh, that's a great question. I, you know, I don't know. I, I, I thought that w- that I would have. You know what's crazy is that um, the uh, – so those – I'm really only in the Free Rider games, um, and we really only recorded two of them, and then they reused the stuff from the second one for the Rio de Janeiro games. And I don't know if they're, I I don't, I don't think they, I don't think they released a new one for these last games. Although I'm surprised because of the new Sonic movie, I'm surprised they wouldn't have wanted to sort of throw down something new for that. But um, I don't know if I am, you know, that I'm one of, of, I think it's four or even three or even four different guys who have played jet over the years. So, I can't claim full ownership of that that was that, that that game happened to be being recorded at the same studio where we sh- where we record Naruto and they gave it to me you know because they needed to record it and and they were the you know whoever else used to play it either wasn't available or they or for whatever reason that was not their choice and so they offered that to me out of nowhere. And it, I was like, yeah, I love it. That'd be awesome. So I did it. Um, but it's like, that's one where it's like, I do definitely know and, and feel that there, there are other, other folks who have big, big, uh, uh, fingerprints all over that character as well. So, uh, again, I'm, I'm sort of like super psyched to have gotten, gotten to have my, my hands in there somewhere, but, uh, uh, it, it, I know that that character doesn't belong to me alone.
0: Yeah, because when I you know met Bryce, I asked him like you know you, you know is there a chance that you know, you might come back as silver for a future game? He's like, I don't know, man. You know, maybe I'd love to play him again, but you never know.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah no, I, I, I totally would. I mean, you know, obviously the the popularity of this this movie. Uh, my friend Colleen O'Shaughnessy, who's who's also in Naruto, and is she's the she's the voice of Tails. In um, uh, you know the, her, her story is exciting right now because she as as a you know, as a regular workaday voiceover person, um, it's we often get replaced for the big when the when the whatever project you're working on turns into a big movie, uh, or or transfers into a, a different kind of platform because they like to use celebrity sound, celebrity voices because it helps sell tickets. Um, and she she got to hold on to her role as tails, so it's possible. You know, maybe we come back, uh, but uh, I've got the last quick story that I played uh, this character called Hugo in uh, the Skylanders video games, you know, those games, the the Skylanders games.
0: Oh, that's a, that's a name I haven't heard in a long time. Oh yeah. Well,
1: yes. It's it's a, just a series of video games and, and you know, popular with little kids. And there's a, an ongoing troop of little characters who sort of give the, the, that rule out almost like little stories along, along the video game as they do. And uh, I play this funny little character named Hugo, and um, uh, they made a TV series out of it. And um, they, I'd been, I'd done, you know, I think we did six video games over like fifty sessions uh, over the course of, I don't know, six or seven years. And um, and then they make the video game, and they 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 didn't use any of the of the original actors. They 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 hired all uh celebrity people to do it and it's like this star-studded cast of people you know um uh uh Susan Sarandon I think is in it's like like all these huge movie stars are in this Saturday morning cartoon show that that never really went anywhere either so I always it was like that was just sort of a, a a bad experience of of like uh what you know that like we did these characters we've been doing them for years and now you've got, uh, you know, other people doing it and they did fine, you know, but like, what's the, I don't, I don't always understand the, the point of that. Like an eight year old kid cares that, you know, Tom Cruise is the voice of something he does, Like they don't, they don't have any sense of who, of who's who. Uh, so, you know, let help, help the working actor out. That's my, that's my thing.
0: Um, thank you so much for taking the time off to do this. And if you ever want to come back, you know where to find me.
1: Hey Amen. Thank you. This is great. I really appreciate you. Uh, thanks for reaching out. I'm glad we made it happen.
0: All right. Take care. Bye-bye.